Is there any better time of the year? I mean, come on. Any better time of the year. It is such a great opportunity to be out in the great Indiana outdoors. It just kind of brings a little smile to your face, doesn't it? It's cooler in the mornings, no humidity. We've had beautiful, fluffy clouds, and we are knee-deep into our hunting seasons. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer. We are thrilled to have a great big Indiana Outdoors early fall, early October edition. And today I am excited to uh, talk to Scott Salmon. He is going to fill two roles. You got to like it when we have the opportunity to do it twofer. We're going to talk about the backcountry hunters and anglers of which he serves as a board member. And then we're also going to talk to him about the Friends of the White River Friends of the White River is a great organization that started back in the 90s with a tragic event uh, that killed most of the fish in the White River, and we're going to probably talk to him about that. But uh, their longtime leader, John Bundy, passed away. He is picking up the reins as the new leader for the Friends of the White River, and they're doing a great partnership thing with the uh, Division of Fish and Wildlife to create access I think at a boat ramp near downtown. So we're going to find out what he's looking to do and how you might be able to help, which is always good. Deb Treesh, one of my favorites, Hoosiers Feeding the Hungry, and her organization has done so much great work and so much labor of love. It's, it's a very basic concept, and it's one that I am so supportive of, and that is donating a deer that... After you're done and you've filled your freezer full of fun and you still want to get out and enjoy the great Indiana outdoors, you can go to a member processor, which is listed on their website, and there are dozens and dozens and dozens in all corners of the state. And you can just literally drop off a field-dressed deer. The processing is paid for, and most importantly, that very vital protein, that very rich and yummy protein stays in that community. So Deb is going to be talking about what you can do, how you can do it, what you need to know before you go into the woods, and be prepared, and tell your friends about this, too. Uh, it's just so important. So as you can see, we got a great big show, great organizations here in Indiana it's an all-Indiana organizational weekend. How's that? And who knows what else we're going to talk about. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. And I am your host, Brian Pointer. Don't go anywhere. Scott Sam in the backcountry, hunters and anglers. You're not going to miss that one. We're going to be back right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. My gosh, what a beautiful week in the state. What a great place to be this time of the year as we welcome fall and uh, get a little dose of a little freeze or a little frost, whatever you want to call it. It's all good when you wake up here in Indiana in the fall. Of course, it's the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, and we're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. And you can sign up to be that organ and tissue donor so desperately needed when you buy your hunting and fishing license. Couldn't be any easier. And you can help save up to eight lives and heal up to 75 others. 
It's a big weekend here on Indiana Outdoors. Lots of things going on. We've got hunting seasons that are in full go, but there's still a lot of other opportunities for folks uh, to get out in the outdoors, and a lot of that involves giving back. Joining me is Scott Salmon. He is, well, he's going to do two things today. We're talking about the backcountry hunters and anglers first and foremost here the Indiana chapter. He is a board member, and we're also going to talk about Friends of the White River, something we haven't talked about in some time. Scott, it's great to be with you. You got big plans this fall? I hope to get out for um, for archery season and uh, the the fall turkey hunting season uh, starts kind of uh, here in a couple of weeks in uh, the southern portion of the state where I like to hunt. So yeah, looking forward to getting out there this uh, this fall and uh, just enjoying the weather and maybe seeing some some critters. You know, we don't talk about fall turkey season enough, but it's certainly something that has people do with purpose now it used to be kind of an afterthought but fall turkey season is a very different uh type of hunt how is that different from the spring oh well really you're kind of um more it's more luck based than than calling based the uh toms aren't nearly as uh, aggressive and territorial and all the birds are kind of flocked up so they're not necessarily dispersed across the landscape like you would have in the spring. So if you happen to be in an area where, you know, there's a lot of birds, your chances are higher. But uh, if they're somewhere else and there's a flock of 20 or 30 of them all together, there's probably not going to be any where you are. Exactly. And it's always a great opportunity when you're out and you're with purpose hunting deer, whether it's in the archery season or your gun season to hear these birds come in and you can hear them from a long way away usually because while they're not making a whole lot of noise uh you know like they would in the springtime they're making a lot of noise running through and rustling through the underbrush and usually as you mentioned large groups of them put together so it's a fun thing to do I'm glad to see you're going to get out and do that um you got any trips planned um, not too many. We're actually headed up for my anniversary this weekend to Michigan, um, and you know, check out the uh, the dunes up there along the uh, I guess it would be the eastern shore of uh, of the lake. Good for you. Well, let's talk in uh, about backcountry hunters and anglers, the Indiana chapter, and for those that might not be familiar, relatively new but impactful. Uh, it's been a few years now that Indiana had a recognized chapter, and so many. The thing I've always been impressed with your organization, Scott, is the dedicated volunteers that are a part of that organization. But why don't you go back and give a little history? Sure. So, uh, backcountry hunters and anglers, uh, the nationwide organization, started out out west as a public lands advocacy, really focused on just you know, being able to get folks on public land and protecting um, access to public lands uh, throughout the country. And uh, before COVID, there was a big push to get a chapter kind of in every state and uh, territory in, in Canada. Really, that whole North American model, you know, a lot of the management is at the, the state level. And so having chapters in every state was a, a priority for the uh, the nationwide organization. So our chapter was uh, formally recognized in uh, 2019, and uh, we got 
to be really active with volunteer efforts on our public lands, whether it was the Hoosier National Forest or the fish and wildlife areas. And uh, right at about the time we were really hitting that um, that growth curve, uh, the pandemic hit, and it was really hard to do recruitment events and in-person things. So uh, our chapter, you know, has been uh, – more than half of our existence has been during the lockdowns and COVID. And so despite that, we're, you know, hopefully growing strong again now that we can get out and, uh, and be, be in person again. It is good to be back out in person in so many ways, whether it's these volunteer organizations like yourself getting together and doing great work for Indiana or these organizations that are, having events, bringing people back together again, raising money because the conservation organizations have just been so challenged in this time to figure out new ways to create the sustaining revenue that they need. But the BCH started with a group of volunteers. And what are some of the things that you do? What are some of the specific things that you have done here in Indiana? And how do you get people involved? Good question. Yeah, so our volunteer efforts are really open to everyone. Uh, we have a number of different places around uh, the state where we focus our our effort. There's actually a, a volunteer um, day coming up at Pisgah Marsh. We're replacing a boardwalk up there on October 15th, and that's uh, something folks can register uh, for through the uh, the BHA website and the events. Uh, tab and all the materials are paid through a, a grant that we've gotten uh, to do whether it's habitat work or access work in, in that part of the state. Uh, in other parts of the state, we just had our uh, annual rendezvous down at Glendale Fish and Wildlife Area outside of Washington, had over 30 people there and camped out for a couple of days, uh, had an archery contest, um, a raffle to raise money. We did a public lands pack out. So public lands pack out is a opportunity to pick up trash on our fish and wildlife areas or, or public lands. Most of the time when you go out, to, whether hunt or fish, people park their cars and sometimes carelessly will, you know, leave things that should otherwise be packed out. So that's a huge way that we can give back is just cleaning those those first touches when people get to an area it, we did one of those down at Glendale. We also had a uh, wild game uh, competition. Uh, we had a squirrel and I think it was antelope part ceviche that was brought in by one guy's uh, western hunt. And then we also had uh, some porcupine. So we wow, got that sounds fun. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and just seeing the, the way the different folks prepared everything. Never had porcupine. Don't tell me it tastes like chicken. It it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I see on these survival shows that I'm so obsessed with, and a lot of people are. You know, the, the couple of times they've they've captured porcupines. What does it taste like? Is it gamey? Uh, I wouldn't. It was really well prepared. I think the, um, our chapter uh, chairperson, actually Nick Hoffman, he had prepared it and uh, had kind of pre pre cooked it in the slow cooker before he he brought it down. So got it. It was it was pretty tasty, um, but it's one of those things that uh, you know you 
you have so much i can't really i think the the antelope heart ceviche was actually my favorite that sounds so delicious so if people want to get involved which i encourage people to be a member of some organization this is a good one how do you how are you recruiting people how are you getting people involved how do they find out more well we just finished up um September was always a big membership month for uh, backcountry hunters and anglers, and there was uh, a contest at the during September where you got entered to win um, some prizes if you uh, re-upped for the the public lands month. Uh, so anyone can sign up through the backcountry hunters anglers website, uh, backcountryhunters.org, and you know once you're a member of the national organization, you know you're a part of. The, the chapter as well and so as far as getting involved when we do pint nights or public lands packouts or, or some of our, our hike to hunt events that we do uh, kind of in the summer all those are just on the events page and our social media team tries to keep uh, posts going on Facebook and, and Instagram for followers. I know that those are kind of hit or miss because you never can really control the algorithm those um, that those you know, social media companies have. So uh, trying just to be as uh, as tuned in as possible to the, the events page on the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers website. BHA is a great organization, and I do follow you on Instagram, and I see the camaraderie and the good work that you guys do. How does this fit into the chapter system in the nation? Because I know that many there's many other chapters, and this is a big deal for Indiana, and it's quite a process. What's the national system like? Well, the... There's one 501c3 for the whole country. So we're all part of the same big organization. So uh, one of the great things about that is, you know, we have a national office that supports all of our um, all of our efforts. Um, we don't have to have our own like booking system for uh, creating events, and we have a really involved uh, chapter coordinator, uh, Jamison Hibbs. He was he's originally from Indiana, but he kind of oversees the the five state region we're in. So we get a lot of support from from the national office. Always good, and that's always the strength of an organization is how well it's organized nationally. Do you guys get together across the country? Yeah, so we have a state rendezvous in, in September that we're kind of having every year, but the national rendezvous is uh, going to be in March, uh, and it'll be out in Missoula this year. The uh, For a number of years, there were um, the rendezvous were bring people in from all over the, the country and all the chapters and they were usually in early summer and it was that time of year where for us it was turkey season like spring turkey season or early june when kids were getting out of school and it was just hard to you know ar arrange travel plans for many folks and by moving it back into march and it'll be a little cooler there in in the rocky mountains and out west but i think we'll get a lot more people able able to attend Boy, I tell you what, nothing prettier than in, in Montana. You know, the we talk about and have these organizations on quite a bit because I believe that everybody should be a member of something who advocates for something that you believe. But there's folks listening right now, and we talk about volunteering. We talk about doing these events, and I know they're great fun. And you talk about the pint nights and getting people together. But there's probably someone saying, listen, I don't know anybody. I'm going to feel intimidated. 
Do I really want to get involved? What's the culture like when people show up and say, hey, I heard you on Indiana Outdoors or someone told me about this. What am I supposed to do? How do you help, how do you help people feel welcome? Well, the, the, the key thing is just to, to show up. I've noticed that our membership is primarily uh, folks, you know, in their 20s and 30s, and the, the national trend kind of reflects that. I know a lot of conservation organizations are uh, folks who are, um, you know, 40, 50, 60 years old. So our organization's niche, at least over the past, you know, five or 10 years, has been giving place a uh, place in an organization for younger folks to get involved Uh or hopefully there's not that intimidation or that uh, that you know fear of not being not being accepted. Uh, we really welcome anyone uh, into the organization, and you know the pint nights and volunteer days. You don't need to be a member to participate in those. Right. So we're we're not a very exclusive group. We try to have a very open door policy. Anyone who wants to show up on a Saturday morning and uh, pick up trash or, you know, install a boardwalk and, and help our public lands is welcome. So well, it's great to have you be a part of it. Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you stay through? Because you're wearing dual hats. Uh, we haven't talked about Friends of the White River, and I want to give that as much time as we possibly can. Can you stay through a break? Absolutely. All right. Thanks so much for staying with us. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. Great conversation about the backcountry hunters and anglers, the Indiana chapter. Scott Salmon joins us. He's going to stick with us. We're going to talk about the Friends of the White River when we return. We're just getting this thing part. This party's just getting started. Don't go anywhere. It's the Indiana Outdoor Show brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Back right after this. So much fun. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show brought to you by our good friends at Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. It's free. Don't have any medical testing. You can buy it. You can sign up when you buy your hunting and fishing license, driven to save lives.org. I, your host, Brian Pointer, it's great to be with you. This is my favorite month of the entire year, but who's. If it's not your favorite month of the entire year, I'm not sure what's wrong with you, especially here in Indiana. So many great things to do. Was out and about quite a bit. I've seen a lot of the crops coming out. The leaves are changing and the weather is crisp and nice. I love it. It's all good. It's the festival season as well. Uh, we're going to continue our conversation with Scott Salmon. He was with us earlier representing as a board member of the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, the Indiana chapter. Look them up. Just Google them. You'll find them and encourage you to join up and, and bring some folks. And it's great to hear so many young folks involved in that. But you also are wearing a dual hat today because we haven't talked about the Friends of the White River in some time. But I know you've got some special initiatives going on, Scott. So take it away and let's talk about the friends. Well, thanks, Brian. Yeah, I uh, took over uh, leadership of Friends of the White River uh, last November, and we've been had a really strong year with our our uh, river school program that introduces people to the White River through uh, through paddling on our rafts, and we have had quite a few cleanups. Uh, 
picking up public access sites, um, especially here in Indianapolis. There's uh, about 11 illegal dumping sites between 38th Street and uh, in the downtown area that we have to hit several times a year just to just to stay ahead of it. It's about 25 tons worth of garbage and illegally dumped debris every year. And our, uh, our Stream Stewards program, which is a, a private lands initiative to help folks improve their riverfront or streamfront properties uh, from a water quality standpoint and a wildlife habitat standpoint, we have two workshops coming up this, uh, this fall. Well, it sounds like you don't have anything to do between all these great organizations that you give your time and talent. And, you know, the Friends of the White River is such a great program. And it's really historically, when we started doing Indiana Outdoors back in the 90s, uh, we've been doing it ever since. And the White River has, it's, it's, a, it's a beast. It has recovered. It's taken a lot of Hoosier help to get there, but truly has recovered to be one of Indiana's not only premier fisheries, but great waterways for recreation in the state. But it always hasn't been that way. Remind people of some of the sordid history that's been associated with the White River. Yeah, so the the most um, in, intense event was probably the 1999 White River Fish Kill uh, that killed off all the fishery between uh, Anderson, Indiana, and down in Indianapolis. So uh, that took about five or six years to fully recover through a combination of the Indiana DNR uh, stocking and hatchery program, as well as the uh, you know, the private funds uh, that were raised to get additional fish stocked. And so the fishery is recovered and is in, you know, really great shape, uh, probably the best in the last couple, uh, well, probably since settlement uh, of Indiana. It's just in a fantastic shape, and I know that there's excellent smallmouth fishing. So um, there's just been a ton of emphasis uh, on things like wastewater uh treatment and discharge of you know storm water combined sewer overflows in, in our big cities definitely here in, in indianapolis the the dig indy tunnel system uh is nearing completion and that will make the water quality from indianapolis uh down south uh tremendously better well it's a true testament to mother nature and in cooperation with the scientists and the volunteers that with effort, with a focus, with a laser focus, um, God rest his soul, John Bundy, who was a great leader of the organization for all the years and was a guest here many times, especially during uh, that five-year period, uh, truly worked, everybody worked in unison with one goal, and that was to make the White River great again and look at it today, but it's not without its challenges, and it sounds like you've uh, taken over the stewardship well with a good mission going forward. What's next? Well, there has been a lot of emphasis on the river from a, a kind of tourism and attraction standpoint. Uh, Hamilton and Marion counties uh, have completed a White River vision plan. Uh, that's really fantastic, uh, but a plan without action is a hallucination, as yeah. I've been wanting to say. So uh, what Friends is doing to kind of implement our you know, vision for the vision plan is improving public river access. So um, that on-water recreation 
access is essential if we're really going to embrace central Indiana's largest waterway. And so this spring, we started a new public access fund. And this is in partnership with uh, the Indiana Division of Fish and Wildlife, the public access program, which has hundreds of boat ramps on our natural lakes and on our rivers. The funds for these ramps come primarily from the sale of fishing licenses and then match from the sport fish restoration fund. Uh, the innovation that friends is doing is we're fundraising private dollars to meet that stateside match. That way the state isn't out any money and they can leverage more, uh, more federal dollars. So our first site is, uh, at river station. It's right kind of in the heart of Indianapolis uh, it allows folks, if we're able to get this boat ramp built at River Station, it would allow folks to get their, their fishing boats on the water uh, in the downtown reach between the uh, the GM Dam, which is south, and then the remains of the Emmerichsville Dam, which are at 16th Street. Wow, what an, initi- what an initiative. Uh, how, what are you asking people to do? How are you raising money? So through our website, if you go to friendsofwhiteriver.org slash donate, or you just go to friendsofwhiteriver.org and click the little donate tab. You can donate right through the website. Uh, we have some information on there about how much we're trying to raise uh, between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars. We're actually pretty close to meeting our our goal uh, for the fifteen thousand. So uh, the campaign will end on October fifteenth. So if folks are interested in supporting it, go ahead. Uh, head there now and uh, pitch in as much as you can. <laughs> um, Forty dollars is kind of our uh, our minimum ask, but if you if you can afford less than that, then there's an option to do that as well. Also, we have a video that's on our uh, our YouTube channel that's linked from the uh, from that same page. Share that on social media because it kind of describes in three minutes why we have to have more public access for paddling, fishing, and, and boating. Scott, you're a true leader. You obviously make your vocation your vacation. You put your money where your mouth is. I can't come up with any more pithy little statements, but they're all true. <laughs> Thanks for all of the work that you do, not only on behalf of the backcountry hunters and anglers here in Indiana and the great work and volunteer that you do, but picking up the reins and leading the Friends of the White River. And I hope that Hoosier hospitality at this time of the year uh, floods your inbox with some donations and get that match money. It's great to be a part of the show with you, and we look forward to having you guys back on both accounts anytime. Always an open phone, my friend. All right. Thank you, Brian. My pleasure. What a great group. Friends of the White River, backcountry hunters and anglers, and all the great volunteers associated with them. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Deb Treesh. We're going to find out about donating these deer, helping the hungry. It is the Indian Outdoor Show. So good to have you be a part of Indiana Outdoors this weekend. Maybe you can make it a little closer and actually get outdoors in Indiana this weekend. No better time, fall festival seasons, football season, state parks, properties, hunting seasons, 
It's all here for you. It's Indiana Outdoor Show. I, your host, Brian Pointer. And we're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Great organizations, the backcountry hunters and anglers, and Scott Salmon, board member, talking about the great work that they do, needing some volunteers for great work as well, doing double duty, talking about the Friends of the White River, raising money to uh, f- finish out a campaign to build a boat ramp in conjunction with some matching funds here in central Indiana. Great organization. And John Bundy, longtime leader, passed away, and uh, Scott's picked up the reins, and it's great to hear from that great organization. Speaking of other great Hoosier organizations... Hoosiers Feeding the Hungry, Deb Trees, regular at this time of the year. Deb, it's our annual get-together here for the next few weeks and probably the next few months as uh, hunters take to field and forest, and there is no better time after you've filled your freezer of your own venison to donate a deer, and that is through the Hoosiers Feeding the Hungry program. Sounds a little intimidating. How does that all work, and thanks so much for being here. Hi, good morning. Um, how it works is basically you guys can go hunting, enjoy what, enjoy your sport, tag a deer, and take it to one of our uh, participating meat processors. They will grind it up, put it in one two-pound packages, and have an agency local, a hunger relief agency local, pick it up, and they'll send me the bill. You don't pay a dime. You know, it's, it's so simple because, you know, there's the protein is so good and so needed. But you say you, you one of the volunteer, one of the cooperating uh, butchers, where do people find that? How do they know where to go? They can call me, but the best way to do it is go to our website and go to the tab that says participating meat processors. Um, any Really, any meat processor that is state inspected is more than likely involved in our program. But with, it's a good idea to call them ahead of time just because deer season gets so busy and meat processes are very, very busy right now. Yeah, that's across the country. And here in Indiana, uh, this time of the year, all these processors get so busy with hopefully Hoosiers bringing in their venison, but they also process a lot of other things, uh, not just venison. So this is kind of on top. And as you said, as long as it's a certified uh, processor, it doesn't mean that it's it's part of the organization, but most of those are because I know how important that is. And what I also heard and wanted to make sure people understood is this meat stays in a local community for where you donate it, correct? Yes. Yeah, and you can even be specific. I mean, if you have a church pantry that you actually want it to specifically go to, you can tell that butcher, hey, I want it to go to ABC Agency because I, I work there or I help out. Or That is fantastic. Are you still there? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I got a slow uh, connection here, or maybe it's the host. I'm not sure. We're going to go with the latter. (laughs) We're visiting with Deb Treesh. She is uh, our good friend, Hoosiers Feeding the Hungry. And this started out as a volunteer thing for you, and now it's become a vocation. And I was great to see you earlier this year as you presented to the Hoosier Outdoor Writers Organization. And, you know, the, the need is great. The need is always going to be there. This message can't be told enough and I think it just takes somebody doing it one time and realize how easy I mean you take a field dress deer into a participating processor you designate you want this to go to Hoosiers Feeding the Hungry and the processing is paid for where is it paid for 
Um, it's paid for. They'll send the bill to me at Hoosiers Being the Hungry, but we get most of our funds from the Sportsman Benevolence Fund, which is through Indiana DNR. And they support us completely on the deer donations. Got it. Well, you know, this... Something to, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. We're talking something, over each other. Something, too, that's very, very important for people to know. If you think about it, at the end of season, you look at the bottom of your freezer, you always have a few extra pounds of venison laying around. Now, we can't take that because it's already come to your home, but when you drop off your your deer that you're going to take home yourself, you can even drop off a couple extra pounds and say, hey, keep a couple pounds. No, just share some of your deer. That would be super cool, too, because right now with COVID and with unemployment and with everything, beef and pork prices are ridiculous. And people are really, really struggling to get good quality protein. None better than venison, that is for sure, especially Hoosier venison. Oh. And last year, I know, was a great year for you, but there's always more. There's always... Uh, not enough. What'd you do last year in terms of donations and what do you want to do this year? Last year we had about 775 deer donated. This year I'd love to get more like 1200 deer. And what does that do? What does that equate to? You bring in 1200 deer on average. What is that going to do for Hoosiers? That's going to be 24,000 meals. I don't think people understand that because when you grind and, you know, most people eat burger and it goes to so many different things. And, you know, if you're a big boy like me or you're not, it doesn't matter. That is a deer can go. A, one deer can go a long, long way. Then you multiply it by that. That's twenty four, twenty five thousand meals that never would have been seen and certainly helps these food banks. So it's a win for everyone. Absolutely. You get to enjoy your hunt longer. Say it and again. Just one. They get to enjoy their hunt longer too. Absolutely, you so, know. And we they, they've lowered quotas, but you know, if you have permission, you filled your freezer, and you still want to enjoy the sport. There's a place for it. Yes. Yeah, and this year more than ever, honest and truly, this year more than ever, we need the meat so bad. Well, we're so going to be back in touch with you for sure. Real quick, where can people go and check out your website? It's at HoosiersFeedingTheHungry.org. Deb, you're one of my favorites. We appreciate it. We'll be back in touch with you here. We're going to do this every now and again here through deer season to make sure people have the reminder. But thanks for being with us, and thanks for all you do. You're welcome. Thank you for this opportunity. My pleasure. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Back right after this. Alrighty, time flies when you're having fun for sure. And we're having so much fun here on the Indiana Outdoor Show. Could there be any better place to be any time of the year than fall in Indiana? I was driving around uh, northern Indiana a couple of times this week and purposely kind of went back roads and farmers are full bore activity. The fields look better. There was some fog. We had an early morning meeting. We were heading up north on 31. The fog looked beautiful. Sun coming up. My gosh. You can open the windows, enjoy some football where you're not sweating. It couldn't be any better. I digress. We had a great show. All Indiana organizations this week, the Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, doing great work. I encourage you just to Google them or check out their website because they're looking for people. They always are. They do such great, meaningful 
work and contribute to helping hunters and fishermen all over the state of Indiana. And Scott Salmon was their board member. He's also now the executive director of Friends of the White River, very, very important organization. While the river has recovered dramatically, they're still doing things to improve accessibility and helping the White River stay at the glorious level that she is right now. And it's great to hear his new leadership taken over from John Bundy, uh, who passed away, longtime friend, regular contributor here for years on Indiana Outdoors and carried the work and the message for this in the darkest days of the White River. So thank you, Scott. And Deb Treesh, she's going to be here for the next few weeks talking and reinforcing donating deer. They need help because that meat stays here in your local community where you drop that deer to be processed. More importantly, it's free of charge to you. You can donate a a portion of that deer and keep some of it, whatever you want. All that goes to a great cause, especially this time of the year. You know it's the end of the show. We always end. Remember, turn in a poacher, 1-800-TIP-I-D-N-R. This is the time of the year. If you see something, hear something that doesn't sound right, turn it over. It's a free confidential call. Folks, I hope to see you in the great, beautiful Indiana outdoors this fall, especially this weekend. We'll be back next week. You can count on that. And, uh, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't say go Irish. They're back in in Las Vegas this weekend. See you next week, everybody. (laughs) 